thanks for joining us again for another episode. Maddie is back on deck. Gibbo is obviously um, not a crow fan. <laughs> not a fan of anything at the moment. Is he? <laughs> yeah, he's a bit of hard, bit of hard to track down the big fella. He's, yeah. he, look, he's got better things to do with his life, I assume. <laughs> but tonight's episode is 1994's The Crow. Um, but before we get to that, let's do a little bit of Around the Grounds. Jared, what have you been watching recently? So on the weekend, one thing that I watched was I spent a fair chunk of my Sunday watching DC Fandome, which was uh, which was interesting, good fun. In terms of movies and things like that, sticking with DC, I watched the Superman Red Sun adaptation, which was uh, it was pretty solid. Uh, wasn't too bad. It's just a good idea to to explore that you know Superman lands in Russia rather than landing in the states. So yeah, it's just a good concept. I watched some of the Harley Quinn cartoon as well. It popped up on Amazon. Um, as we said, all this DC Universe stuff, which looks like it's the DC Universe will be gone in a short amount of time, but they're popping up on different services in Australia. So Amazon got the Harley Quinn cartoon, which was it's actually pretty good. It's like very over the top in terms of the um, the gratuitous violence and the the language and all this sort of stuff. But yeah, I really enjoyed it. The takes on the on Harley and you know splitting away from the Joker and they're kind of alluding to the Poison Ivy and Harley relationship. Yeah, really enjoying that one. What we do in the shadows. Still sticking with that. <laughs> Had quite an amusing episode where Matt Berry was got pissed off because someone drove past a, in a car and he heard "Come on, Eileen" playing, and he's going, "What? <laughs> what the fuck's that?" And someone tells him, "Oh, it's Come on, Eileen." He goes, "Bullshit! I wrote that in the 1800s." <laughs> they go into all this, you know, into this depth about all this popular music that he wrote, but with stupid other names on it and stuff like this. And yeah, it's fucking fantastic. It ends in an open mic night, which is piss funny. Yeah. <laughs> Outstanding stuff. Um, this season had there was I felt like it was a little bit more up and down than the last season but that episode was top notch so I really enjoyed that obviously Adam we'd been talking about some uh, Shutter content yep so I I got through the seasons of um, Cursed Films which I thought was excellent really loved how each episode looked at kind of a different angle there was a, there was a bit of shared sort of there was a bit of common ground between The Exorcist and The Omen but things like Poltergeist shifted away and looked at different aspects of what a film can do to people's lives and that sort of thing. Yeah. The Twilight Zone and the Crow episodes obviously affected in a different way. Like, I will never get over watching that Twilight Zone one. Yeah, that was difficult. It was very difficult to watch. And there was no warning that it was actually going to show the accident. Yeah. Like, that was pretty. That was pretty tough. I also got through the season of. Yeah. So did I. Yeah. I liked it. I liked it. Again, the quality varied. There was a couple of stinkers, but overall, I had a lot of fun with it. You could see that you could see the limits of the budget in a few episodes too. But I thought they tried to cover it as best they could, other than a few episodes where it really stood out. The, the transitions with the comic book sort of pages and things like that that were used to cover it up pretty well in certain episodes. But yeah, I, I just you know, I'm glad we've got something like that back. It's great to see. I watched Lake Bodum which is from, I can't remember where, I want to say Sweden, but I think I'm wrong. But it's based on, the story's based on a real 
murder and then they sort of take this 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 movie is just a fictional tale that's kind of tied into it I'd heard good things it was alright I didn't mind it there's you know a bit of bit of a twist to the end but it's sort of one of the twists kind of went somewhere and then the next one sort of killed it off for me a little bit mm-hmm. I watched The Ranger which was <laughs> okay uh, I won't go I won't go too over the top I thought it had some good acting performances in it from the leads and the guy playing The Ranger was kind of delightfully hamming it up at times but yeah it was nothing more than okay I watched Revenge on Shutter as well I actually really liked that one um, what is it? Obviously, it's another rape revenge movie, which is usually not my sort of thing at all. Like I find that it's sort of an ex- exploitation sort of fair. But I actually thought this one was a little less in the sort of gratuitous gratuitousness of some of the some of the other more famous kind of entries in that in that um, genre. I actually quite enjoyed it. Uh, it it's. I, I don't know. General, in general, that that sort of stuff is not for me. But I'd heard really good things about this one, and it was on it was on Shutter. It was one of this sort of collection of things that was on there early. So I, I jumped in, and yeah, I'm pretty happy. I watched it. I thought it was thought right. it was pretty good. I watched Random Acts of Violence, also on Shutter. How'd <laughs> uh, that go down? I didn't like it at all. <laughs> but, well, I, I just. I mean, the, the angle that they're taking is, again, it's an interesting idea. It's a, it's a guy who writes a comic about a slasher called Slasher Man, which they could have worked on that a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he, the, the, he starts finding scenes from his comics. along they're, they're on this road trip to a convention sort of thing, and he starts coming across scenes of his from his comic. And it was sort of starting to go in the direction of we're gonna we're gonna talk about people that try to exploit real life violence for their art, I suppose. And it started to go in that direction, but it just kind of left it. It didn't make any for mine. It didn't seem to make any comments at all about it. And the entertainment aspects of it, the story wasn't all that good. So yeah, I didn't like it. Um, some people have, not for me. And another one, Adam, that we might uh, differ on here. I watched Host. Yep. The one set on the Zoom meeting. Look, I'll give him points for creativity and getting something put together in in um, restrictions and things like that. But I was bored to tears, to be honest. Really? I felt like it was just... It had a couple of moments that worked pretty well, a couple of scares, but I felt like it didn't have anything beyond the jump scares. And even then, they were things we've seen in Paranormal Activity and Unfriended. Like, we've seen it. So, yeah, mm. I... I don't know. I know some people have enjoyed it. Again, probably not for me. What did you think? You you, you quite enjoyed that one, didn't you? Look, I'll tell you what. I enjoyed it because it was 55 minutes long. So, <laughs> A, it didn't overstay its welcome, and those sort of movies can, like, even Unfriended, which I liked, at 80 minutes it was stretched as thin as possible. Um, so, at 55, you know, it was pretty sharp. I only kind of threw it on because I'd heard some good things. Yeah. And I think I just kind of rolled with it and just <laughs> was pretty happy with what I received. Are you trying to make excuses? I'm hearing excuses here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, look, I enjoyed it for what it was. It's never going to yeah. It's never gonna win any awards or anything, and Unfriended was t- twice as good. See, for me... But it delivered about- jump scares that actually made me jump a couple of times. Maybe that's yeah. what got me interested. <laughs> like, 
Are you sure you weren't falling asleep like me during well, Friday the 13th? <laughs> that's possibly the situation. I was in a slumber and then got woken up rudely by something. Yeah. Oh, yeah, shit, no, that was so, good. So, I, like, I, I was thinking the same. Like, I jumped in and I thought, 55 minutes, this will be, this will be, you know, in and out like a fiddler's elbow. It's, it's, we'll be done and dusted. But I was, like, 15 minutes in, I was like, it's overstayed. <laughs> and, uh, like, it started, look, obviously it, there was a bit of a, there was an element of building up to what was going to happen. But then when it started happening, it just didn't, I don't know, it just didn't raise the, raise the pulse. Maybe I was <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. If I was on that call and they bring in the woman, you know, who's taking you through the seance, yeah. I'd be giving it the old, I've got things to do. Yeah. <laughs> I'll catch up with you guys later. Yeah, no, I've just got to go and find my little totem thing. Click. See you later. I'm gone. <laughs> For shutter content, it was probably, probably one of their better products. Oh, look, that's not fair, is it? <laughs> no, look, that's probably not fair. Look, it's funny for me because I, I absolutely despised Paranormal Activity. I thought yeah. it was so boring, and it was 85 minutes too. Like, it was sharp in that type of context, but I remember watching it and just thinking, this is just so boring. And so I was not exactly jumping through, jumping up and down about with excitement for host, but I felt it kind of just ticked a few boxes, and I got a bit, had a bit of fun with it, and that was it. So I was higher on it, but I'm certainly not going definitely check this out. I mean, I think the critical response has been much higher than I anticipated. Yeah, look, I see. I'd seen a couple of outlets that really liked it. And which was part of the reason that I jumped on after you mentioned it too, that, that was pretty good. When I looked a bit further into it, it's kind of mixed. The reception mm. is fairly mixed. Mainly my my um, critical response has dragged it down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but as per usual, I didn't bother to check any of that. <laughs> no, you look you look at the you Google, you look at the first response, you go, fuck, it's been great. <laughs> Nine out of ten. <laughs> Yeah, some yeah. random that fucking uh, posted a YouTube video for this way, game oh, 10 out of 10. I got sucked in like a, <laughs> you know, like a, an older woman looking for love online. <laughs> 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 Next thing you know, my bank account was drained. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. Um, but I, had a, I had a couple of... Had a couple of big ticket items to wrap it up. We went to we went to um, again. My son was interested in checking a couple of things out, so we watched the Goonies. Oh, yeah. um, fuck! I I enjoyed it so much this time. Like so the last good. time I watched it, I was sort of like, I don't know. I don't think I was in the mood for it, and I was I I, I was sort of you know left a little bit cold. But this time, I absolutely loved it. Shunk with his I hand in the it. blender is one of the oh, best scenes yeah. of all time. Now my son was. <laughs> He absolutely loved Chunk. He was in stitches at the part where they were like, tell us everything. And then he starts going, in the second grade, oh, I stole some like He just starts. And then I started like, making this vomiting noise. Yeah. Ooh, ooh. They started vomiting. Oh, man. Oh, so absolutely good. loved it. Um, I also busted out the, uh, I got the Tremors pack with all the Tremors movies in it up until the one that just had the preview drop today. Back in time. Yeah, so we watched Tremors. Absolutely what? loved it. What was that? that? Hang on. Uh, hold up. Is there a new Tremors movie on the way? 
Yeah, yeah, Shrieker Island or something like that. Um, so that'll, bacon? that'll be out shortly. No, 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 it's Michael Gross, mate. It's still Michael Gross. Shit, Sounds gross. like a man. And uh, Jamie Kennedy <laughs> and uh, Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> oh my god! Holy shit! <laughs> What's happening? Dynamite playing the worm. <laughs> <laughs> Surely this is a fucking G up. Is it April Fool's Day? <laughs> no, no, no. It's a, I mean, essentially, so Jamie Kennedy and Michael Gross were in the last one, but from from number two, number three onwards, Michael Gross has been the only one that's been coming back. So. Yeah, it's uh, this one. Like the premise is that somebody's got a graboid egg or whatever, and opened up a bloody game reserve. <laughs> oh, so it's Jurassic it Park. To, it's Jurassic Park, and it goes to shit. So who do you call? You call Bert Gummer to sort it sort it out. Right. So uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, look, I looked at the preview and I went, "Oh, that's not much." But I'll 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 be there. I'll watch it. You'll be there. Oh, no, yeah. no egg shin. I'm out. <laughs> no, no, you're in, Betty. Yeah. God, mate, you're in. I'll watch it. I'll watch it. Um, <laughs> the other one I got to is I watched Hamilton on Disney Plus. So that was that was pretty cool. Good to uh, good to get some access to something that otherwise I would have had to fucking part with a left nut to get a ticket in America <laughs> if I ever wanted to see it. So it was good to get it for Disney Plus for my you know seventy dollars. And, and let's be honest, Jared. Based on some of your recent purchases, you're shorter left nut already. <laughs> so I suggest a right nut would have had to go into place. Yeah, but this one might have been worth it. It might have been worth the testicle to see that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, and obviously the last one, Adam, which might segue into into your list, is we finally got the chance to see uh, Friday the 13th on the big screen, which was excellent. I really enjoyed it. I think I mentioned to you, uh, there's obviously still problems with it, and it's not my favourite of the series for, for, for all that it brought brought us, but it was so good to see it on the big screen and to get that uh, that experience of how much the soundtrack actually plays into it and the score, um, which you do, you know, even with the surround sound and all the quality that you can get at home these days, you still miss it from the cinema experience. So for uh, to be able to to be able to catch it on the on the big screen was yeah awesome. definitely. I mean that's one thing that this whole pandemic has done with regards to bringing the cinemas back. It kind of forced them to roll out some of the old classics and the old favourites. And yeah, look, I, I enjoyed watching Friday the Thirteenth on the big screen. I mean, still, I'm still. I still have to ask what what was Kevin Bacon doing? <laughs> but um, whilst old mate was drowning, Bacon was seemingly overexcited about the whole thing. Yeah. And on the big screen, it really sticks out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. But overall, yeah, look, it's got its problems, but it's kind of got this in cheap jack sort of intensity that yeah. really works for it. Yeah, um, and, and it actually sort of... cleaned up on the big screen. There's those moments where you kind of briefly see Pamela in, yeah. like when she walks into that that cabin, and Nick and sorry, um, Ned follows, and then when she when you see Steve Christie, and and she shines the light in his eyes, you yeah. see her for just a split second. You do, and it's kind of it adds a little creepy factor, even though you know, I mean, because you don't know who she is if, the first time you would have seen it, so. I just think when it, when it's cleaned up with the sound and everything, it it, it kind of elevates it a little bit. Yeah, it did, and I, I actually also enjoyed that kind of community vibe that obviously 
we didn't get to see many of these in the cinema. Like, the first one that I saw in the cinema was Jason X. So to go back and see one in the cinema and, you know, be sitting in a in a row with a group of guys that were fucking as over Ned's shit as we were, it was, was quite uh, it was quite good to get that experience that we haven't really had before. Yeah, definitely. All right, we'll segue into the rest of mine. Obviously, I watched Host, loved it. Great film. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I finished Creepshow and Cursed Films as well. Uh, I also chucked on a couple of episodes of Eli Roth's History of Horror. Oh yeah, I the, haven't got to the that. Two yet. slasher episodes, and they were really good. And he and the thing about him is, you know, obviously he's, he's had quite a career in Hollywood, and he's got access to a lot of people. So they talk to everyone from Jordan Peele to Bruce Campbell to everybody you can find. So I thought that was really really good. You know, obviously Jamie Lee Curtis is on there. Yeah, Tony Todd. They all the big villains talk a little bit. Like it was really good. I also watched uh, Tourist Trap on Shutter. How'd that go? <laughs> Look, it's an absolute turd. <laughs> but there are a couple of moments with the mannequins and stuff which are really creepy. And it could have, yeah. if, if, you know, it had been mined as a kind of a slasher film because that's kind of where they think they were going, but it doesn't really work. It's not what I would call s- strictly a slasher. But when they actually whip out the, the mannequins and stuff, it actually creates a bit of that sort of creepy vibe that mannequins give off. Uh, but it's, yeah, look, it's old and she's pretty shitty. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I was, too, mate. I was on my you phone 45 that. minutes in. Yeah, look, you could have got that for free on Tubi as well. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> give us a heads up. <laughs> I need to sign up for Tubi. Yeah, but you'd already paid your 70 bucks, so... Yeah, you know, well, I was, yeah. What could I do? Once again, I've been uh, sucked in <laughs> by Shutter, and now that's uh, $70, I won't be getting back. I yeah. also continued watching Wentworth, which mm-hmm, is yep. actually really, really solid. The first yeah. season was, was really good. Uh, I'm not sure where it's going to go. Like, it's going to be interesting to see where it goes from here. But the first season was really strong, so I'll keep up with that. And the last thing for me was I told you, over the past few episodes, I told you I've been reading, like, books, slasher movie, or slasher-style books. Hmm. Based on the title, it's really telling you what, what it's about. It was called Camp Slasher. So, yeah, <laughs> I really think I walked right into this one. But you know what? This was the one that was most like what I was anticipating. Yeah. It was pretty much a slasher film in book form. Right. And for the most part, it worked. worked really well. Can I just ask a question? Yeah. been doing all this reading. Have you managed to extend your vocabulary at all? Or is it just uh-huh. sort of, is it dumbing you down a bit? Uh, look, look, look. Wait and see. <laughs> Watch this space. All right? Okay. Excellent. And would you, that would, was is it. Is that... Is that the only recommend you could give from the reading That's part? so far. The others were, look, they kind of promised stuff and it didn't didn't really deliver on yeah. the premise that they had. I've picked up another one that was written by the same person who wrote Final Girls, one that I read, which yep. I was the most disappointed with that one, but he had another one in his collection that I thought... Yeah, this Obviously looks- uh, not disappointed enough, mate. <laughs> well... Uh, I'm like a, um, I'm an impulse purchaser. I was close to the register, Jerry. <laughs> I, 
I was close to the register, so I had 15 bucks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do you? What, yeah. what am I expected to do here? Awesome. That's the way I operate too, mate. Get that short buzz of happiness and then fucking sink into the depths again. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know you. Yeah, you're at the register. Yeah. Look, just give me a minute while I go and lop off another testicle. <laughs> <laughs> in dipping into my DVDs for to find the crow, which was sitting around somewhere in my in my attic or up the top, I um I found about seven DVDs I hadn't opened yet. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's, yeah that's, that's a classic, though. Everyone's got that. The library. Going. The library's ready to go. Yeah, I, I like to do that when you dig into your DVD collection. You think, this is one of my favourite films. Oh, fuck, it's still wrapped in plastic. <laughs> <laughs> Must be real good. <laughs> but that was me. I'm, I'm pretty much, that's my that's my my uh, details for this uh, this week. So, Maddie, what did you have? Me, I've I've been I've spent a bit of time in the bubble with, uh, watching a bit of NBA, so I'd very <laughs> really limited content. But uh, the horror show that was Luka Doncic sinking the <laughs> the oh, Clippers, yeah. but <laughs> but um, uh, I watched the Cybertronian Wars, the, the whole um, season of the the prequel of Transformers. Yeah, the new oh, yeah. one. Yeah, I watched the start. I started watching it. Yeah, what do you think? Guess I was hoping for something like the '86. Um, movie and yeah. I definitely didn't get it. Yeah, I told you, give me a bit of Stan Bush and I would have been happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there's it, it just completely. It's like 1984 or something. The the mood of the whole thing is pretty pretty dark. You also can't get over um in the short section that I watched. I just couldn't get past the silly little things like everyone's made of metal. So why is this transformer turning? You know, why is he turning up to this meeting in a cloak made of cloth? <laughs> <laughs> This shouldn't be happening. <laughs> I couldn't get past that. Is any of this stuff connected to the film? It's connected, yeah. It's, it's the prequel, basically, to to the 86 movie. Yeah, but, right. So they actually but, made these games, too. The War uh, for Cybertron yeah. was like a series of games, and I think they've kind of taken a lead from that because mm. the games were pretty popular and pretty well received. So, so it's like yeah. this, there's no real action. It's just them walking around talking and... Like sneaking around, there's a lot of sneaking around in it. It's just, it's not. The it's so dynamic. The the relationships in the '86 movie was so good. Yeah, you've got old Transformers and the young Bucks trying to make a name for themselves, and each of them had something to offer. In this, it's just sort of like, it's yeah, like I said, it's them creeping around. It's 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 not fun. It's not entertaining. The it's pretty one dimensional. It's very derivative and it's probably a bit dark if you're a kid watching it. Mm. So, no was, darker than your favourite characters getting killed off and, you know, at, <laughs> yeah, it's a movie. Yeah. <laughs> Apart from having your soul crushed when Optimus died. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but they provided hope throughout the rest of the film and they made it uplifting with some Sam Bush yeah. later on. They so. killed Optimus and then it was, you got the turn. Oh, yeah, got me back. Yeah. You were back on and board once some... Stan came into play. That was a bit of a slog. That wasn't my favourite. But I got on to... I've watched probably half of the second season of Monkey as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The Adventures of Monkey. Yeah, so I really like it. Obviously, if it's got a bit of Power Rangers about it, the fighting, but it's like solid. The characters are entertaining and the dynamics there are... Uh, unique, and they've made, taken a, taken a, the original and put a good spin on it. So yeah, I thought they'd killed it off. So and mm. I was actually I was looking around on the net to see what had happened, and I couldn't find anything. Mm. And then 
it dropped it just like a up. week ago. Yeah. I was like, yes, awesome. I love Pigsy. There's yeah, yeah. that guy's just sarcastic and hilarious. It's yeah, definitely not the guy you'd want to take on a on a pilgrimage. But he's so funny. I it's a good it. one. I think it's a good one to watch with the kids. Like, yeah. uh, like my kids sort of enjoyed it. It's kind of got that you know villain of the week vibe. Yeah, but. When you watch it, you're like, I'm glad they did that because yeah. that's exactly what the old monkey was and that's kind of what we loved about it. So yeah. it sort of works for what it is. But it's, and it's got that New Zealand sense of humour. It's, it's yeah. very good. Yeah. I wish I, and then my last one, we're, we're sort of seven out of eight episodes into Betty Broderick, which is the... Dirty John? It's what they attached onto the back of Dirty John, yeah. So, which is okay. It's not too good. The acting performances are pretty solid. But man, it's depressing to watch the legal system in work at work over there for somebody who like maybe slightly uh, mentally ill and uh, doesn't know how to negotiate her way around what's going on. It's pretty depressing. But um, but yeah, that, that was that was my. I'm not quite sure how how did they manage to sort of stitch it onto Dirty John because. Uh, yeah, I don't know what the connection is, but it pretty much sucked us in. I was like, you want to watch the thing that's attached to Dirty John? And, uh, yeah, that, that's where it ended uh-huh. up. All right. Is that, that everything, mate? Hmm. That's it. Yeah, yeah, shallow week for me. All right. Let's uh, take a break. Here's the trailer for 1994's The Crow. People once believed that when a soul can't rest... A crow can carry it back from the dead to seek justice and put the wrong things right. Friday, May 13th. It's a good day to be a bad guy. Brandon Lee. I love you. The Crow, rated R. The Crow from 1994. Directed by Alex Proyas, who did Dark City and iRobot. Produced by Jeff Most, who produced The Specialist. And Edward R. Pressman, who produced American Psycho. It was written by David J. Show, who wrote Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. And John Shirley, who, Jared, you'd be happy to know, wrote three episodes of the Robocop TV series. Yeah, Jim. Mm. And it was based on the comic book series by James O'Barr. It stars... Brandon Lee as Eric Draven, Rochelle Davis as Sarah, Ernie Hudson as Albrecht, and Michael Wincott as Top Dollar. The budget was $23 million, and it made $50.7 million worldwide at the box office. This is some darkish trivia, but although he was not at fault for the death of Brandon Lee, Michael Massey stopped acting for a year because he was so traumatised by the incident and up until his death in 2016, he had never watched the film. Hmm. It's fair enough. So, yeah. Yeah, fair enough, I think. All right. Maddie, your thoughts on The Crow? Uh, it's like a very, very simple revenge plot, uh, but it's done with style and... I don't know, a lot of nostalgia in there. I have very few negatives for me. It's got a little bit of humour sprinkled in there. Ernie Hudson's a a beautiful touch in there. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I haven't, got, I haven't really got anything bad to say about it. So it's a very solid four out of five for me. Four out of five. Jared. Yeah. Where so- do you go on the crow? 
So before we let you blow your stack, I, <laughs> I was I at was a four out of five as well. I think Maddie nailed it. The plot is, is fairly straightforward, but it's just, it is so stylish, and I think it does a really good job of bringing some of those co- comic book elements to the screen. The character is just really good to look at stylistically, and I think Brandon Lee actually... Obviously, with the tragedy around it, it's hard to kind of separate. But in the in the bits that you see, he just kind of so magnetic. I don't know whether it's you just kind of wish he could have seen more, or that there's some feelings like that attached to it. But you watch him and you just think, yeah, he he just does a really good job in the role. As Maddie said, Ernie Hudson totally underrated. He's fantastic. <laughs> Stand ringer for Michael Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say Ernie Ernie Hudson, aka Michael Jordan. We all know he played Michael Jordan in uh, a little scene movie. I mean, I could probably still get away with that because no one watched the movie. But anyway, um, <laughs> style overcomes a few of the issues with the story. I've got a couple of minor issues with the story, but the style and the the, the actors that are involved and a bit of the action elements sort of overcome that. So, yeah, four out of five for me too. Four out of five, so it's very highly regarded at this stage. I've been known to go over the top <laughs> on occasion. <laughs> Correct? See the host. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I've already host. been over the top on this podcast alone. <laughs> I mean, look, I'm not at Maddie K's level of giving speed to two and a half. <laughs> Hey, that's yeah, going yeah. over the top. That's the, that's the, that's the but, gold standard for going over the top. Yeah, that's the standard that nobody's willing to top, I suggest. I gave UB 41 and a half, and I gave <laughs> yeah, Speed yeah. 2 one. I always enjoyed this film, and I've seen it many, many times. I hadn't watched it in a little while, but I always came back to it and, and always thought it was really good. Watching it this time, though, I was just blown away by it. I just think it's an absolutely fantastic film. It's kind of a great mixture of, like, revenge, and yet there's this kind of love story in there that's kind of sweet. Here we go, the lid's um, coming off. Even in amongst <laughs> all this shit that they kind of, you know, the, some of the characters is, 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 are, are as nasty and as grungy as it can get, but yet they somehow weave all that in. The film's really well paced. It looks great. Brandon Lee is excellent. And as you pointed out, it's difficult to separate the performance from the tragedy that occurred. But I think looking at it, looking closely at it, I mean, the performance is excellent. And overall, I'm going with four and a half. Mm. I was. This was really, really up there. It wavers near the end. It's. It's... I've got very little negatives, but it doesn't quite go all the way through, you know? Yeah. The ending is probably its weakest point. And still there are some great parts of that, but and we'll get to it. But to open up the likes, I think Alex Proyas deserves a lot of credit here and the scriptwriters. They kind of deftly balance supernatural, revenge, comic book, love story... All these elements, but they kind of really deftly do it. Yeah. I mean, I never at any point looked at my watch thinking, Christ, when's this going to end? <laughs> no, not you at know? all. Yeah, like you watching The Host. <laughs> <laughs> I never got there. You weren't wishing it was 55 sort of minutes long. 
it's 55 minutes yeah. long and you're I was fucking the host looking was, at your watch. I was wishing host was 55 seconds long by the, <laughs> after about five minutes. But no, you're right. They, they did it. They did do a really good job of sort of balancing those aspects. And there's also, I mean, there's the Brandon Lee tragedy, which they, they managed to work around as well. But obviously I'm a comic book fan, but the Crow's one that I've never read. Mm. But I, I only sort of just realised that James O'Barr had a hefty tragedy too, which which it came out of that his fiance was actually killed by a drunk mm. driver. Or, or, no, might not have been his fiance, but his, yeah, his girlfriend or fiance was killed by a yeah. drunk driver. So there's these really and that's why he wrote it. Yeah, yeah. there's these when really... it's been cathartic and it's sent it into some darkness. I think. Yeah, it was sort of like this. There's, there's all these heavy elements mm. and and. Yeah, I think it, it all comes out really well considering the, the weight that, the, that is kind of on the film, especially the fact that they had it happen during the shooting and had to make this decision of whether we finish it or not mm. and still manage to pull it off. Like, it's a, it's a real credit to, as you said, Adam, like Alex Proyas and all the people involved to it, that it actually ended yeah. off at the level that it did. You don't even notice it that he's, they've got the body doubles in the places that I think... No, no. There's, I think four scenes, but um, yeah, there's. It, like, I mean, there's a couple. When you know it, it's sort of yeah. You can pick it, but it's still done pretty well. Mm. Even when you know, you like they 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 worked around that pretty well. There's only one yeah, or two I mean, shots where you like, yeah, that's that sticks out that he yeah. wasn't actually there. But the rest of it is is pretty solid. Mm. And look, ninety four. They didn't really have CGI at a good level. I mean, today it would be quite easy and we've seen it done many times with de-aged yeah. actors and, and they've still fucked you know, it up you can... I mean, yeah they have but I mean Paul Walker I think they did a bit of that with him didn't they well Paul Walker's was pretty solid but look at fucking Superman's moustache we couldn't we couldn't rub out Superman's moustache but they managed to Mate, in 94 I'm still baffled by to... that side note they should have, the bloke should have been rocking a moustache yeah would have Superman been with great. yeah I mean, Superman can grow facial hair, can't he? Well, that's the thing. I mean, that's the, you know, it raises the question, how does Superman shave? Does he have a kryptonite razor or something like that? But, you know, these are broader questions we don't need to go into. <laughs> hey, yeah. This, is a, this probably needs a one to two episode <laughs> discussion. We haven't got time for that shit here. Yeah, like, for, what, for the time period, it's awesome what they did. Mm. Yeah. And it the still stacks palette. up. Yeah. The visual palette delivered by Alex Proyas is is great. Like that comic book. There are a look. number of shots that are so striking. Yeah. You know, something as simple as the bit where he dives off the the roof when he goes to kill Tintin, mm. and it shows him kind of falling head first and then landing in the the trash. I mean, that's a that's a fantastic shot. There's the whole thing of him coming up out of the grave. Um, Even just the I mean, beginning, the fires in the city, it just that. Uh, you know, I got straight yeah. away, I went into Sin City. The, it just looked like a comic. It was great. Yeah. That's yeah. That, that's one of the things that stood out to me is, like, they... So from what I know, The Crow was black and black and white, and I was looking at parts of the movie and thinking, if you turned this black and white, it would look just like some of the pages, like the contrast they had between the lights and the darks. It just looked awesome. And some of the transitions from, like, the city to the... Like, the way they did some of the swooping kind of... Not just when it was actually The Crow, but when you, you would see, like, a shot of the building and then they would fucking sweep out and see the whole city and stuff. It looked awesome, and it did, it did really... I think it's it's one that kind of 
somewhat gets forgotten for how well it translated the comic book to the screen. Yeah. That, yeah. that shot, the shot where he's just put all the makeup on and the lightning goes off and you've seen for yeah, the first that's time. Yeah. Awesome. It just that's straight out the of the crow's perched on his shoulder. Yeah. It's it's great. It's a really great way to sort of introduce Eric Draven as the avenging angel type of thing. It just looked great. Yeah, um, loved it. You know what? This this may sound amusing, but it's almost like Alex Proyas kind of he's kind of an offshoot of someone like Russell Mulcahy. Like Russell Mulcahy had some of that type of style in in things like Highlander. And even Razorback, you know. And it's almost like, you know, that, that's kind of what Proya sort of does here. Yeah. Look, I and was, it looks I was, fantastic. I was going to giggle and call you an idiot, but I had the same thought myself. So I think, what what does that yeah. make me? I better back you up on this one. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> no, you're yeah. 100% right. Like, it's it's exactly... I looked at it and I thought exactly the same thing. Like, I, that was the first name I thought of, was was the style is so slick and, and, you know, both of them being from Australia also kind of brings that up, that comparison up as well. Fair comparison, absolutely. And I got vibes of of Highlander, mm. not in the, the, the storytelling or anything like that, but the style, the, the swooping camera work and all that type of stuff. Yeah, definitely. I and got then, little vibes of that. You both, you know, they both came from that um, that music video background, which you can see in parts. It totally worked. Mm. Yeah, just quietly. My my personal favourite shot, my most the most memorable shot for me is the the flaming crow after yeah. he kills T Bird. Yeah, that's awesome. It looks fantastic, and he's just kind of standing next to it. It just looks really cool. Mm. Acting across the board. I mean, I looked at a few reviews, and you know, no one really talks greatly about the acting, but I actually think the actors are very um. Very good yeah. in this, uh, apart from one. I'll get to that. Mm. But there's one that's not up to it. That's interesting. But I'm looking forward to hearing um, who that is. I think I might have one contender. Um, yes. But I hope it's not Skank. He's my, he might be the, no, the no, best no, no, actor no. of all time. Well, he's, he's my contender, actually. <laughs> it's, um, but, look, Ernie, Ernie Jordan Hudson is, is awesome. He's so good. I mean, I was one of these weird kids whose favourite Ghostbuster was Winston, so I'm always happy to see Ernie Hudson, but he's, he's so good in this role. Yeah, yeah he's got such a nice um, rapport with the girl. Yeah, and then with Draven. Yeah, yeah. And he's um, like the he's the only cop in it with a bit of heart, and uh, yeah, yeah, definitely that hot dog scene. You just get him like he's sort of taken over a little bit from from Eric's role as the sort of caretaker of the girl, and yeah. uh, he's, he takes that responsibility a little bit seriously. I also love he's and- got he's got one of the really s- solid moments in the movie where that the, the detective. I mean. It, Bringing up another one of my likes, I really like the angle between him and the detective, how Ernie yeah. Hudson had been seemingly, this is what I got from it, is that he was a detective and had been kind of busted down back to, you know, work in the street yeah. for whatever reason. But when the detective starts, you know, working him, trying to get the the info and, yeah. you know, he hits him with the, yeah, good speech, I didn't want to interrupt you, but, you know, sounded good, you got to write that shit down. Like, that was <laughs> yeah. such a good moment. And it also made it so much easier to buy his reaction to Eric Eric Draven, you know, knowing that it's him, figuring it out, 
and just sort of going along with it but keeping it to himself and made it so much easier to buy just because they had this other character who they'd already sort of developed in opposition to him. Yeah. And, you know, he wanted to prove that he was, you know, not wanted to prove that he was smarter, but he didn't want to help this guy who was an asshole to him. Like, so it was pretty straightforward, yeah. but it worked for him sort of keeping it to himself. Mm. Definitely. And I think Hudson's kind of the MVP in a sense that he is not the main protagonist. But his involvement, I think, elevates a lot of the other uh, performances. But coming back to Brandon Lee, I, I just think that, that that tinge of sadness is we missed out on someone who I think had a lot of talent and could have gone a long way. Yeah. Uh, and The Crow showcased a, a lot more of him than just, you know, karate and action style actor. I mean, there's a lot there. There's a lot he's got to work with. There's a, he's got to bring a bit of pathos to the to the role. He's got to bring a love towards Shelley and, and all that stuff, and he he's does got, it really well. He's got a Brian Blessed-esque laugh. <laughs> <laughs> the head goes back. <laughs> I liked it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's really sad to watch now. It's, it's kind of haunting because, you know, we know the backstory of the film, so seeing him kind of resurrected on the screen and knowing it was kind of the last time he was going to do it, so when he crawled back to the grave, that was it. It's, it's fucking haunting to watch. And, and It is. It's so sad because it would have been the making of him. Like, I, I, I truly believe that... You know, it's a bit like Heath Ledger with the Joker. We always knew Heath Ledger was a great actor, but the Joker would have pushed him over the top because it was mm. such a good performance. Brandon Lee, this was going to be the break, right? This was going to be the one that made him something other than Bruce Lee's son. And yeah. I, I firmly believe that would have happened whether he died or not. Yeah. Because I think he did yeah. such a good job. But, yeah, super Yeah, sad. I, re- I read a couple of reviews that were sort of saying, had he have not died, this would have just been another revenge flick. But I disagree. I, th- I think he would have he would have become a star, and hopefully a star looking for parts that were more than just your action fare. You know, he'd done a bit of that with Rapid Fire and Showdown Little Tokyo. Yeah, look, I but think he, he was... proved here that acting he could he could give you a performance that was worthy, and and he, I think he does a great job. People I keep think... coming back to this, so he, look, can't he was, doubt it. I think he was always going to stick in the action genre, like that was that was what he could do. And for even this movie, like as I say, I think it would have been the making of him, but but I think it would have you know elevated him in the action genre. But it would have given him a lot of opportunities. I think it would have given him opportunities to. To, to take it take a shot at some of the roles that you know the Slys and the Arnies would, would you know couldn't couldn't do for whatever reasons if there was a big action role I think Brandon Lee would have been a name on the list mm. yeah sure but yeah I, like I disagree I think if you look at the film overall you could possibly make that argument that the film might not have developed the reputation that it did if not for what happened but I think looking at him and his performance I think that still stands out as, as pretty solid. And I think, yeah, absolutely. I think it would have been really good for his career. I thought he showed some good moments of, of even comedy in there, though. Yeah. When he's, like, struggling, he's like, oh, shit. Like, he's, he just he can deliver a yeah, line. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He could deliver the line. And the, the, the one that I really liked, although the scene was a bit chaotic and I didn't love it, but the scene where he takes everyone out in, in that kind of boardroom meeting of the, the goons and the villains... <laughs> 
Like the way that he played it though, like he's beating heads and he's laughing and fucking yeah. like yeah. that was the scene where I was looking at it going, No, nah, this guy was good for this sort of stuff. He was gonna he was gonna do the job for the, yeah. these roles. Yeah, oh, definitely. I actually really like Michael Wincott. This is right in his wheelhouse and he's just got one of those voices for starters that is fantastic for a villain. Yeah. But then throw in Tony Todd as a side man. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and Loved I mean, it. Like, I was just thinking these villains are kind of... Look, they weren't super interesting in the sense that their sort of nefarious plan was a bit kind of like we said, fired on a bit of shit. They were pretty one note, those two, but... Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually... But, uh, Wincott... He's just such a seedy-looking human being. <laughs> you just look at him and think, this guy's trouble. <laughs> yeah. But he delivers a couple of things. My personal favourite is, let's have a minute's silence for our old mate, Tintin. And he just snorts a lot of coke. <laughs> yeah. Like, yep, that's He's pretty heartless, isn't he? He's that weird combination of, like, he's got that Eastern... Influence with the uh, understands the mystical. I've got a sword on me, but then he just <laughs> sounds like he's from Texas as well. And it's just like my daddy told me. Like, it's got like a, it's got a, it shows like a little bit of uh, of of both both parts uh, make that, him an interesting character. I think the interesting part about too, that, that that voice has just been. It's like he's 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 just been like his his neck's been run over by a semi trailer yeah. or something. He's just kind of there's a lot of gravel to it. Yeah. He's a husky Colonel But guys Sanders. like him, I think the reason why it works is that it's a it's a one it's it's it's, it's a lower tier kind of villain, but he's an actor with a little bit like bring something to it mm. in a sense of his vo- his voice and his look and everything like that. And he's de- he's he's a quality actor, so he's going to give you a decent performance. And yeah. I think that's what kind of elevates it a little bit. Loves a monologue. Yeah. I loves it. In any situation, he was good. And Tony Todd, he's just one of those guys, you know, you see him. Like, I was just super happy to see him. I forgot he was even in there. Yeah. Yep. Same here. Underappreciated. And I just, I'm just, i a massive fan of Tony Todd. And, I and just seeing him, him, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> didn't recognise him. <laughs> Jesus, Maddie, let's go. <laughs> he didn't have a whole stack of bees on him. I mean, the you, candy bro? man shows up and you don't even know it's him. I'm like, fuck. Was it the goatee that put you off? <laughs> the mark of a good actor, what can I say? Yeah, he truly inhabits the role. <laughs> Henchman won, he nailed it. <laughs> yeah. Adam, I might have another contender on your list here, so we might have to differ on opinions if this is the bloke you're talking about, but uh, I'm a big David Patrick Kelly fan. In terms of no, roles. no, definitely not him. Shit, no. I mean, he's a guy. He, he's great. I think he, and this could be totally biased because I do love the Warriors, and he was Luther, and you know, banging the bottles and Warriors, all yeah. that sort of business. Like, but I think he is so good in these in a comic book movie, especially when you look at the Warriors. It's essentially a, a comic book movie as well. But him in a role like this is so perfect. He's mm. such a good actor. Yeah, and he's got that. Like, he's just got this eccentric vibe that makes him, even though he's the little guy, he's just got this look and this this way of delivering the lines where you're like, he's off. And yeah. you could see him leading a troop of troubled men yeah. the way that he does. He's in sort of a, like, a little level above them. Yeah. He's yeah. a little bit more, got a little bit more cognition going on. Yeah, yeah, But definitely. he's seedy and slimy. Yeah, and he always delivers these lines where he, he kind of, 
belittles the other people in the group. And even though it's it's like same with the Warriors when he's Luther, like he's got this rampant case of little man syndrome. But like you said, <laughs> he's got the brains to back it up, and the you know you. He's got this short fuse that you can see he could just explode at any minute. And yeah. You don't want to be on the end of that. Like, yeah. But I, I'm a big fan of him, and I think he's just he's another guy that is one of those character actors, one of those kind of that guy. Yeah. People that pops up in some of your movies, but hey, fuck, he's a good actor. Yeah, he he delivers well. And look, it's it it can be difficult to play a role as despicable as some of these guys are, but. You get the right guys there, and he's one of them. I mean, just that whole sequence in the car where yeah. he's going, oh, I know you, you know, but, but you shouldn't be here, you know. We, 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 we put you out the window. There ain't no coming back, you know, and he starts getting all upset, you know, and then he, he gives that line of, I think it's, I don't know who it's from, but it's a, it's a line there. He says something just before he, Eric Draven sort of drops the, the grenade in his lap and lets him go. And it just it all of it works really well, and a lot of it's down to the performance and the way he kind of delivers those lines. And I just think, yeah, he's no, he's definitely not on the negatives list for me. Oh, that's good. I'm kind of intrigued at who you're going to run out here, though. Like who, who's <laughs> who you bringing out the Look, bringing out the, the big characters barely in it, but yeah. I just found them really flat. Actually, I think I, the I only have, one who's flat. I do have one more contender. So I, I'm interested to see who, you, who you're going to pick there. I've got a couple of sp- specific scenes that were always the scenes that I remembered when, you know, you wouldn't watch it for a while, but you always remember the particular scenes. The bit where he squeezes the drugs out of the mother's arm mm. uh, and yeah. basically tells her you're, you, you're doing a shit job and you've got you to lift your game. I absolutely loved that for some reason. And the other one was... It was unexpected. It was like it a, is, yeah, a superpower yeah. that came out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, and, exactly. Um, and even though he's on his own mission, he sort of wants the best for the people around him. He's, That's right. He's still looking out yeah. for the girl. And the other one was the window where Tony Todd walks in and he gives it the shh and then just yeah. ducks out the window. There's something about that one that always mm. stuck with me as well. They were a couple of my favourite little sequences in there. Mm. I'm more. I'm a big fan of the um, the Gideon's Pawn Shop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the one that I always, I always remember. Where he goes through the rings and he's going no, 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 and then he just touches it and goes. You just and wait. He sees. You just wait for that it. pawn shop guy to shut his mouth, and he can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> he can't yeah. help himself. Oh, I mean, you walked in and you mentioned him, and I was like. Again, good good performance because he's just such a shit bloke. <laughs> you like, look at him and you're like, what a shit bloke. <laughs> he played it perfectly. Yeah. I love that. I just love that line of, is that gasoline I smell? <laughs> and he just turns around and goes, boom, blows the whole place up. <laughs> just fantastic. I think that entire sequence is just great and it really showcases a little bit of playfulness, you know, where he's, He's swinging the the guy's swinging the bat around, and he's suddenly hanging from above him, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And then, but then you also get that sense of his anger and all that kind of stuff. You know, he starts throwing the the rings at him and says, "This is each one of these is a life that you helped destroy." Yeah. And then the aftermath of that, where he's out the front, and Albrecht comes along, and he says, "What is it? What's the line?" He says, "They're all dead. They just don't know it yet." Hmm. Yeah. I mean, this sort of stuff is, you know, it's golden sort of lines, you know. I remember all that stuff. They're the things that I always remember. Mm. 
in between viewings of it, you know? It's yeah. A, he gets he gets the short end of the stick. It's not like he was involved in the rape, but or the murder of his. But he cops it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> Just for being a shit bloke on the way through. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I came across you and you're a shit human, so yeah. you're gonna cop it as well. It's, yeah. a, it's a little bit of side justice on the way to to vin, uh, redemption. That's right. That's right. <laughs> There's one thing that I will say, um, and I've I read some more about this. I think they were, they were either supposed to shoot more scenes or had shot more scenes with Eric and Shelley together. Mm. But I think it was that they were supposed to shoot more, but after his death they couldn't. Yeah. But I actually think the montage stuff that they work with, it comes off really well. It just gives enough to know that they were in love. You can kind of see it. Yeah, yeah. But they don't hammer it home with long sequences where we, you know, with them. So glad it was short. I yeah. could cop. I could cop the minute of that. But if it went any longer than that, I probably that would have been a very strong. Yeah, for I me. think when you see it, you kind of look at it and you're like, mm, too much of this might have been a little too yeah. kind of. They're like hanging sweet. out in a field yeah. and. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm cooking food for you. Yeah, but they're like it was living, kind of. Um, they're living in a hellhole. Cliche. <laughs> they're living yeah. in a. They're living in a place where every year you're threatened to have your whole place burnt down. Yeah, that's right. Let's but, let's hope uh, our apartment doesn't get set on fire tonight. Yeah. Like, but it, yeah, it was, yeah, but I, I, I but agree. I think, I think truncating it and making it short little grabs just gave us enough. And I think the performances and the chem, I guess the the between the two of them, they looked like they were a, a couple that was in love with each other. Mm. You had the young girl Sarah with them, and you only see that briefly, but it kind of works. It just it just works to give us a sense of Eric before this. Yeah. Because we didn't really meet him before this. Yeah, I think... The first time we meet him, he comes up out of the grave. Well, that's right. It just keeps going at that. I'd actually... Again, I started it up, and you just kind of... He he just, as you said, he comes out of the grave, and I was kind of thinking, have I got got an alternate cut? Because I... I'd forgotten that it just came straight into it and that we got all that stuff in flashbacks very, very briefly. So, yeah, I agree. I think that worked, that it just went straight into it and it, we, it didn't sort of slow down to... The, that he picked it up on the way on the way along sort of worked for, for what they were going for. Yeah. If you lost that... Yeah. If you lost that the dark stuff, the dark shoot shots at the beginning of the movie for their relationship, it would have been a big loss to the movie. Yeah. So in a way, they worked around it and it kind of, they found, I think it, it sort of helped streamline the film mm. somewhat, that you didn't have all that. So, yeah, that worked. I agree. If, it, if they'd have had more of that, I don't know how well, how successful that would have been. Mm. Because it was a dark, dark film. Like, you had to, you had to balance the light and the dark. And so what they had was... It's it's ninety five percent darkness, but there's this five percent where we're seeing a, a relationship of love and caring and all that sort of stuff in amongst this cesspool, mm. and that was how it was how it needed to be though because that was kind of the city they were in. So I I, I think it worked on those terms. Yeah. 
I also uh, uh, I, I actually really like the role of the crow. I thought it was a really yes. kind of simple way of you know almost like the guide, just sort of being with him along the way, but sort of directing him where to go and and that sort of thing. And and Adam, obviously we you know we checked out that episode of Cur- the, the Curse Films, which delved into Michael Berryman and the Skull Cowboy. And I was trying to imagine yeah. how that would work. And, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know what they wrote with that, but it seemed like the crow sort of took that a little bit of what the Skull Cowboy was going to be, like turning up at particular points and filling in information and things like that. And I, like, I felt, find it difficult to imagine, but I, I, I find it h- hard to see that it could have been better than what they ended up with. Yeah. I think it, it would it'd be really interesting to have seen what, let's say, alternate universe Brandon Lee doesn't die. Yeah. And they, there's a different version of this film, which would have perhaps included the Skull Cowboy, more of Shelley and Eric together. How would that look? Would it, would it, yeah, you know, it would be interesting to see what that would be. Yeah. It's unfortunate we, 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 we can't get that. And it's obviously yeah, tragic as the, of the death of Brandon Lee, but I think in the end, it out of necessity, the film kind of finds nice ways to fill those gaps. Yeah, definitely. And does it well. I really like the... the it's short, but it's a really nice sequence where Eric and Albrecht are in his apartment. And he explains the, 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 the situation on the night that it occurred. And then the whole little sort of thing where Eric tells him nothing is trivial yeah I just I really liked it and I thought you know again Ernie Hudson just comes to the fore there yeah he delivers he delivers fantastically in that scene Mm. I'm a massive fan of the get together that the goons are having (laughs) when the camera kind of pans across the table from above I mean, there's coke and, and <laughs> guns and booze and everything you could possibly imagine. Yeah, I mean, don't worry about don't worry about the hors d'oeuvres. Don't don't serve up a plate plate of bloody spring roll spring rolls and risotto balls or anything. Just just lay out the plate of coke and a bottle of Jack and you're off. <laughs> you know, it, it's it's that type of party where I'm turning up in a Nicolas Cage snake eyes style suit, fucking <laughs> wandering in. You fit right in. <laughs> And immediately planting my face into a pile of cocaine. <laughs> it's pretty funny that they went with the... We've got the goth hero, so we've got to have the goth table of villains. It's pretty yeah, funny. Yeah. In, in a lot of other movies, I would have laughed and just gone, this is so ludicrous. Yeah. Well, it brings <laughs> up, you know, it's always... You, you look at a city like this and you think to yourself, who the fuck's laundering all these leather pants for everyone? <laughs> <laughs> He just finds him in the trash. Yeah. <laughs> he walks past. Yeah, that's right. You know, Brandon Lee got his whole costume. Obviously, someone said, oh, I can't be fucked paying all the, you know, the money to continue laundering the leather pants and, the, you know, my boots are a little bit dirty, so that in they go into the trash. Yeah. So, that's probably yeah, these guys forget money. Because at least it's really bad there smell when they burn your house with all the leather in it. Yeah, so yeah. chucking it in the trash to prevent that problem. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, look, I would have laughed in any other film, but it's kind of like this is com- this is classic comic book. Yeah, it fits the vision, right? You know, it fits the gothic. You would have seen style. this in a comic book, in this style of comic book, many times, and it's the same as watching something like Sin City. 
Well, that's right. You know, like, the way some of those over-the-top moments that are in Sin City mm. is exactly what you expect because of the way they've created that world. Yeah, it develops that, that vision and that style, and if they do it well, then you run with it and you don't question these things. You know, yeah. you just kind of go with it. Mm. I got a good laugh, though. I mean, quite frankly... You know, I'd have been there. <laughs> Bell's on. <laughs> uh, the best dressed scumbags in the fucking biggest cesspit in the in the universe. <laughs> Maya fittingly having her eyes plucked out by the crow. Yeah, that was great. That was a fitting way to, to put her out, out of it because of the whole situation with taking the eyeball out of the girl and all that kind of stuff and yeah. in the early stage of the film. So, yeah, I was happy that that sort of came back around. And they played it pretty well because the crow for the rest of the film had just been that kind of guide. So when she had a yeah. hold of it, you were thinking, how's he going to get out of it, mm. you know? Yeah. So when the crow actually was the one, like they kind of reversed the roles and the crow becomes the one doing the attacking, it's just, it was kind of neat. Yeah. And my last like was... Oh, no, I've got, I got one more after that, but I actually didn't mind the sword fight on top of the cathedral. Yep. But I really liked the whole, I've got something to give you. Yeah. 30 hours of pain all at once. It was such a good I thought that turn. shit was great. It was such a good turn because he's, he's got a sword through him. He's completely helpless at that point. He's just copped a monologue, another one. <laughs> and uh, he's like, thanks for getting close enough to me so that I can give you give you all my pain. Yeah. And it's uh, it's that one last defence that you don't expect. And, uh, yeah, it, it was played really well. Yeah. I've had a gut full of your long speeches. <laughs> yeah, that's this. enough. That's enough. <laughs> yeah, just uh, you shut the your daddy up. one more time. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and the good thing about it is they kind of lead you up to this a little bit because you keep having him touching people or touching items and seeing things, mm. you know. So it's kind of there throughout, but to deliver it at the end the way he does to pretty much kill him is is a great a great way to finish it. And I love the fact that he lands on that kind of, I don't know, some sort of minotaur head or something yeah. and the blood's just gushing out of its mouth and it's a, again a really striking shot and a striking way to finish there's all the rain and everything it's just it's, you know feels a little bit like the Joker's death in Batman the fall and death at the end there a little bit yeah <laughs> I mean it reeks of Mulcahy <laughs> it smells of Mulcahy but it looks still. good with the rain as well the whole yeah. <laughs> the darkness. It looks fantastic. Mm. It's a really, really great shot and a great way to kind of like finish the villain, you know, put him put him down and put him down really hard. Like it was, you know, it was a nasty way to go. Yeah. Look, mate, when it's when it turns out like this, that's the the smell of Mulcahy is 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 something that it's a sweet smell. It's like when you walk past <laughs> Subway and smell the bread cooking or something. It's it's alluring. Yeah. I mean, watching Highlander 2 is akin to standing in an elevator and someone drops their cups. Yeah. And there's a, yeah, when you watch Highlander 2, that's when the stench of Mulcahy becomes overpowering and overwhelming. <laughs> a pungent and overpowering stench. <laughs> My last like is... 
just the way it ends with Shelley kind of walking out in the graveyard and she's kind of backlit with light and stuff like that and everything else is dark around and she comes up and kisses him and all that. It was just, you know, to me... You are not romantic, I, you. <laughs> yeah, no wonder you get your bank account I don't like to go over the top, but no it was you, beautiful. No wonder you get your bank account emptied by the first, you know, the, the, anyone on the internet that's <laughs> offering you. You told me you loved me. <laughs> Where I'm are you just, from? I'm picturing you wiping a tear away. Yes. <laughs> I'm not Look, crying, I, you're I, crying. I, I, <laughs> like, I'm not going over the top. It was beautiful. <laughs> it was. Yeah, it was a nice, I mean, it was expected. It was a it was really, really nice touch. Nice little touch to finish, yeah. Because everything else had been so dark from their, the, their deaths to, you know, the kind of scumbags who were inhabiting <laughs> this place yeah. to the world's greatest party, you know. It was all, it was all sort of negative and, and nasty. Mm. And you had to have that because that was the, the aesthetic of the film. Lengthy night, though. To, did he go... Did, he obviously didn't get to the day, daytime. Like, it felt like it was 30 days of night or something because he had time to off a few people, but he still had time to perch up on the rooftop and, you know, shred <laughs> shred the guitar for a little <laughs> yeah, bit. That's and right. then, yeah. I mean, it's over two nights. It's two nights. <laughs> yeah. One yeah. jam yeah. session. It's quick. Right. Back to the underworld. It's quick. <laughs> <laughs> that was it for me. I've got a couple. I've got a couple more that I liked. I liked the... Um, Take one more step and you're dead. And then he backs it up with, I'm dead and I'll take one more step. I thought that, yeah, was, yeah, that was excellent. I love that line. Yeah. And, uh, and when he's, and that's all, that Tintin fight, I thought that was a really good entry into him figuring out what he could do and what his limits were. And it showed that he was a bit reckless, but then he's just getting like tossed around into bins and things and then starts sort of figuring himself out, getting his balance. Yeah. It kind of embodied that feeling that you would have when you were, if you confronted someone who'd done something like this to you, where you yeah. would, you would be a bit reckless, but you would, he still had that kind of yeah. that look in his eye and that kind, the kind of intense yeah. smile on his face and shit like that. Like yeah, yeah, and he's like a bit disoriented. I thought that was good for his character arc in terms of later on he starts getting his confidence, his balance. He's pretty much doing parkour all over the place, and uh, <laughs> yeah, it just I thought that was good development. I. I, I enjoyed that fight as well the catching of the knife and mm. I thought it looked pretty cool yeah yeah that was yeah, good actually agreed that was it for me anything else oh the music was pretty good I, mean, I didn't mind it touch of opera in yeah. there yeah the alternate goth stuff would fit in pretty nicely with everything else that was going on. Yeah, yeah. The only the only one that I was a little bit put off by was when um, you actually kind of get that performance of the blokes that are in the club. I think it's before the party, and I thought yeah. this was club hell in the nineties, Adam. Before the fucking the techno <laughs> kind of hit. <laughs> once, before Michael Bay got there and yeah. it all up. Yeah, once club hell pivoted and started bringing some electronic techno yeah. and EDM and all that stuff. <laughs> Yeah, move a couple of stripper poles in there too. <laughs> uh, no, the a- one that works the best for me is when he's getting his, he's putting on his face. Yeah. And it's by, I think it's the cure. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it really works. Like it really kind of fits the scene, you know, of him. He punches the wind, the mirror so everything's all shattered and you can barely see his face. And then he's putting, you know, the makeup on and stuff. It just, it works and it does end with that fantastic shot that you said before, Maddie, of him walking towards the, and standing at the, 
at the window type of yeah, thing with yeah. the crow on his shoulder and then the lightning goes off and you see him in his full mm. garb and it, it, it really kind of fits everything. And I think the soundtrack is actually pretty good, if I remember rightly. Mm. It's got some big names on it. Yeah. It's on Spotify, so no doubt I'll be looking it up after this. Yeah. The other one for me is, I didn't mention it in full, is The Death of T-Bird. I think that is the best one of the lot. And I love the way he drops the grenade into his lap, lets the hand break off, and then you just see it from the outside and he's kind of waving at him. Mm. It's just a really kind of cold type of shot, you know? <laughs> it sort I think of comes out of nowhere. Of You're expecting, like, a fist fight, and it, <laughs> and it turns into this elaborate car explosion <laughs> off the dock. And mm. But I also love when he gets in the car and he puts the gun to his head. He goes, "Who are you? I'm your passenger. Drive." Mm. And he just he just forces him to drive as fast as he can through the city. It's kind of got a tenseness to it that I liked. Yeah, and that's where the police the police that's coming. Yeah. Oh crap! Yeah, the guy that drops the, the coffee on him. And isn't it? If I'm not mistaken, that's the same guy where the fucking body lands on the car and he jumps out and he's like, "What the hell?" <laughs> Yeah, that was good. I like the fact that they... And you got poor old Skank driving along in that little tiny car. <laughs> that was actually... That gave me a few laughs. Like, I didn't... I wasn't a big fan of Skank's performance, but him driving that little shit box trying to keep up with him was piss funny. <laughs> I loved Skank. I thought he was so funny. I feel like a little hook. Little boy, I'm on a hook. <laughs> he's such a hillbilly. He cracked me up. <laughs> I did have to laugh when he's like, you know... Um, I can't remember what he says, but he's like, Oh, Ross Kang, that's Kang over there. He's dead. <laughs> he tried his best. Yeah. Trying his best to weasel his way out of his, uh, his death. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would have just said, look, I was only here for the party. What the fuck's going on? I only turned out for the cocaine. Yeah, I yeah. was told to chip away at it. Yeah, we're just going to chip away at it for the next three to four days. <laughs> <laughs> this was meant to be an all-nighter. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what's happened. Yeah, yeah, you're the fashionably late one that walks in and finds, <laughs> finds the As dead I said, mate, I, came, I come in in the snake eyes suit going, Woo! <laughs> 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 Oh shit! <laughs> Any other likes? No, that was that was me covered. Yeah, that's me covered. Dislikes? There's a couple of visual effects scenes that are a little bit ropey. Again, it's probably the period and the time. There's one in particular where he jumps from a rooftop after he's killed everybody in that in the at the party and yeah. killed all all top dollars guys. He that leaps was... off the rooftop, and you can guarantee it's a it's like a mat like. You can see the the building behind him isn't real. Yeah, I know the one you're talking or, about, where he kind yeah. of leaps off and he sort of he's got the arms. He falls quite away him. too, and it just kind of looks a bit stupid. Yeah, that was the only one, the really the only one where I was like, yeah, that's that shouldn't have been in there. But um, yeah, it, 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 a couple of times the effects are clear. So I mean, not not super super bad. No, but they're they're not. They kind of take you away from it just briefly. Mm. Yeah. Now my weak link in the acting department. It's the mum, isn't it? No, it's oh, it's shit. Micah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's it's Top Dollar's girlfriend. She is so flat. 
there, there is one bit where she she says something to him early on. I think it's when they're talking mumbo jumbo about you know <laughs> <laughs> voodoo and all this kind of what weird stuff. But she delivers a line and it is just fucking monotone. Not a not an yeah. ounce of not an ounce of emotion in it. Not an ounce of anything in it. Yeah, I she was nothing. Myself, she was nothing character. Who, who, you got to remember Adam. Person from you got to remember Adam. You're allowed to talk mumbo jumbo when you're on night one of the big three night fucking bender in the lead up. To oh it. yeah, don't get <laughs> me wrong. Like night one of the bender is mumbo jumbo <laughs> night. That's what it's known as. <laughs> yeah, you just talk out of your ass. Yeah, yeah that's how we get together. We test the product and we just talk shit. <laughs> no one knows what we're talking about for 24 hours. And then we hold the big party. <laughs> what was yeah, the whole yeah. thing with um, them being brother and sister as well? That was confusing. Yeah. yeah was that the case? I, yeah, I don't know. I'm a little bit confused about that myself. Again, large part, you know, cocaine's a hell of a drug. We, we don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, what do you say, Jared? Night one is is test the product. <laughs> Get off your face. Yeah, look. Night I'm saying, two. I'm saying night one was he he met her downstairs twenty minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> he said, "Sample, <laughs> like to test the product with me." <laughs> Next thing no, you know, they're talking no. about being brother and sister, and no one knows any. <laughs> no one knows what they're talking Hang about. On. Hang on, are you saying he met her downstairs, you know, half an hour ago, came upstairs, started night one, seen missing, returned, they're laying on a bed together, He's <laughs> she's plucking out eyeballs and he's talking about fucking God only knows what. Well, look, it was a, it was a strong batch that we got. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. Hi, nice to meet you. My name's to- Dollar. Top dollar. Um, I've got some product here which I would offer you if you would like to sample. I'm not going to charge you. Oh, let's pluck out some eyeballs. <laughs> sounds like a great idea. Like, Do you think happen? at any point Dollar sobered up for five minutes to realise, is she calling me her fucking brother? What's going on here? Yeah, possibly. But, again, that was when we'd cut away to the crow doing something and Tony Todd came in and said, we got another batch in. You want to test this one? <laughs> Hey. Yeah, okay, I'll give it a go. How's things going? <laughs> and night two, you organise a party, talk really quickly <laughs> the whole time. You organise a party for no apparent reason. <laughs> Invite every you, scumbag you can find. I guarantee you, Top Dollar didn't know any of those blokes, but he was he was feeling it. He just got out there and he started talking, and they were like, "This bloke knows what he's talking about." <laughs> there was someone. He's at the like um, Cokehead Jim Jones. Yeah. There was- <laughs> There was someone at the end of the table going... Mumbling if they were coming up. I'm, I'm telling you, there's someone at the end of the table going, who is this bloke? And someone else next to him going, look, he's the owner of the club and this shit is free. He just fucking dragged us in here, laid the guns on the table, there's a pile of coke, just fucking cheer along and say, yeah, let's Fire toast the city. Up. Yeah. I'm looking at the bloke next to me going... I don't know, the big the big black guy over there just told me there was free snacks. <laughs> <laughs> so I came up. <laughs> I, I'm looking I'm looking at the person next to me going, I just saw all these people in leather pants coming in here and I thought, where can I get a pair of those? So I, you know <laughs> I thought I might Check be on the dumpster outside. <laughs> yeah. I picked them up on the way. <laughs> I traded my I traded my uh, my 
traded my beige chinos for a pair of black leather straws on the way. <laughs> I had to throw in a, the sweater that I had tied around my neck. <laughs> It's extra yeah. collateral. Yeah, I don't know. I think that's how... The, it seems to me like that's how the party came together. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. <laughs> you know how you talked about how he's, he's, he's shredding on the axe up on top of the, the building? Yeah. I mean, that to me was the worst fucking... <laughs> the worst scene of the movie. Why? It just what cuts like upstairs about? and... Here he is it. going... Yeah! <laughs> He's wailing. At dusk, he then <laughs> proceeds to bash the shit out. What else is an, an undead poet, artist, musician meant to do with his uh, Friday night in between his vengeance fest? Yeah, well, when Some, you get, do something else. When you get turned away, turned away from the party of the year at Top Dollars Club, you've got to go and... <laughs> You know, I'd like to. You've got to make your the, own fun. Climb up on the roof of the tallest building and you know play some twelve bar blues or something that you're not snorting a pie with everyone else. Exactly. I mean, it looked like something out of a bad '90s video clip because it actually had that. Because they had the dusk, the kind of the red, red sky. Yeah. It just all of it looked. Didn't look good. And, and it kind of looked a bit out of place. It felt a bit out of place. Although he was a musician, it just didn't... I don't know, it just didn't seem to fit for me. Yeah, I just... I mean, fuck, I, he goes bloody loco on the... He destroys the guitar. <laughs> yeah, I kind of liked it, though, because it was kind of... You know, they, we had the short scenes of that. that's what he did when he's... When he's him and his girl were in the in the apartment. He'd be sitting on the floor playing the guitar and... I kind of liked it for that measure. It was that kind of connection with what he had beforehand, but everything else was gone. Like, instead of in his apartment with the girl he loved, he's looking over the biggest fucking hole in in the country. Like, he's he's looking over this city that's just reminding him of everything that's not there anymore. Like, I, I yeah, I didn't yeah. mind it so much. I mean, there was some symbolism there, but you know, there was all there was all sort of. Obviously, going back to who he was, um, but it just it just felt a little out of place for me. Mm. The last one for me was for a bunch of cokeheads. These blokes put the pieces together about how the crow is the reason why he's strong. <laughs> you know, yeah, they just yeah. kind of put it together in like two minutes. Yeah, I mean, Top Dollar would be in no shape to come up with that shit. No, fuck that. <laughs> he's not even he's not even able to. He's he's seeing multiple crows. He's looking at Eric Draven and he's like, there's three of them at this point, I think. Um, this was my last point tying into it. Is Top Dollar the worst name for the head of a henchman? Yeah, it's like pretty he's, bad. That's like, sounds like a $2 shop. It does. It sounds like you get down to the mall at Hot Dollar. It's not too far away from that, is it? <laughs> I need to buy some $8 sunglasses. Yeah. And- yeah. <laughs> I'm rocking up to that yeah. club, going. Look, I heard you had. Um, I heard. I heard I could get some um, a birthday card and some wrapping for fifty cents each. Year. <laughs> Plant some helium balloons for me. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm there for. Uh, I agree. Well, I heard. I heard Top Dollar was selling you know, half price leather pants. So I've come along to check it out. <laughs> yeah. And see, Jared, this is how you get roped into his party. Well, that's right. Uh, you assume I, that you're going to buy cheap 
cheap knickknacks <laughs> up upstairs. Going <laughs> cave with all these guys. Yeah, turned up for a cheap birthday card. Ended up face down in a pile of coke. So it's you know. And being watched by all sorts of scumbags who at any minute might shoot you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I turned up at the party with a, with powder all over my face, saying "fuck, sorry, I missed it," and I I don't have a card. <laughs> The only one that I really took note of, there was a couple of minor things, but the only one that I really took note of is that Top Dollar doesn't actually do a hell of a lot. Mm. He's just there. I mean, he's he's mumbo-jumbo for, for a large section of the movie. And really, if he doesn't interject himself and, and kidnap the girl, Draven goes back to the grave and Dollar's, you know, Gone, he's yeah. home. Back to know. burning stuff. Yeah, and I mean, any anyone that was watching it, could put together that, yeah, he was the one sending out the orders to go and clear these apartments or whatever he was doing. So yeah. we kind of all knew that, but when you look at the story, Draven doesn't find that out. Yeah. He puts himself no, in not really. Way, yeah. Once not until the end. Once he's done with Skank, he's done. He's ready to call yeah. it a day. I think there's something like he's trying to get the power of the crow for himself. Yeah, well, that I mean, but if he it had doesn't it, really come through. No, it? it doesn't at all. They go and get the girl, and it's kind of like they've escaped that, and they don't know Draven's going back to the grave. But if they just leave the girl alone, and you know, mm. go and have start day two of the rager, then, <laughs> then, then we, we you know we go to the safe house and have a smaller rager there with a couple of you know a couple of the intimate crew members rather than the whole boardroom <laughs> then top dollar lives to fight another the, day who is getting an invite though to the you know to the the close knit rager <laughs> well I don't know it doesn't it's seem like the kind of leader that would really care about the hillbilly offshoot group yeah. that can't keep their hands to themselves and yeah well crazy bargains on the invite list as well <laughs> <laughs> Clint, reject Clint. shop. Yeah, yeah. Reject shop is also uh, a possible attendee. Yeah. Red dot special. <laughs> I don't know. There's, yeah, it's just. Uh, I, yeah, if, if he had to just continue. Dimmies, on. Dimmies is getting a run. <laughs> Dimmies is supplying. I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, call Dimmy and get another package out here. You yeah, that that it. stuff doesn't hold water, does it? I feel like if what Maddie said had have happened a little bit more, like he he kind of looked at it and said, you know, we can we can, he, or we could, he seemed to be being directed by the lady he'd met mm. very briefly before the party started. <laughs> she snorted another line and said, "We need that crow." Then maybe that or that maybe that that plays a little better. But it just seemed like yeah, they were they were gone. All they needed to do was leave. And and Draven goes back to the grave, like, or just hand over the hillbilly. Yeah, yeah. Take him. We're leaving. Have a skank. He's yeah. a skank. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mate, I am I am flipping on him as quick as look at you. Yeah. Yeah. Skank's the dirty bastard that ate all the fucking spring rolls before anyone else got here, and now everyone yeah. else is hungry. All we've got are the drugs and the, the drugs and booze, but we don't have any snacks. Yeah, and let me tell you, I cannot snort three pounds of cocaine or an empty stomach. I, I need a Bay Marie minimum. I need something there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they could have had some. Skank, skank ruined it. They could have had some hot wings said, for, take the for Devil's Night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Devil's Night. We'll roast a couple of wings on the closest burning building. 
at minimum, at minimum, I need a 24-pack combo sausage rolls party pies. If you don't have that, then you can piss off. I mean, there was 25 guys there, Jared. You need a full catering crew. They can afford it. You can't have, have like, a box of... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's all right. I mean, these guys, these guys are... Uh, I've got a lot of money and no sense. <laughs> I mean, they would have had all sorts of stupid shit there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it should have been a full buffet. There was a there, there was a buffet of one sort on the on the border and table. But yeah, you're right, Adam. Off to the side, we need somebody serving up plates of plates of buffet food there. And let me tell you something: those waiters need to be in black tie. <laughs> like, it needs to be classy. Yeah. Well, they can wear the tuxedo top. The leather pants on the bottom. It's got to be untucked tuxedo top, leather pants down the bottom. That's perfect style. Looks like something out of a meatloaf video. Uh. (laughs) Oh, Oh, shit. Is there anything else that you both disliked about this film? Oh, but the minor one. Oh, yeah, there's always one little one for me at the end. But the the line where he says he's doing the autopsy report on Tintin, and the, the blades in his organs were stuck in alphabetical order. Like, how does he know that? <laughs> yeah, that, that used to make me cringe when I was a teenager, and it made me cringe when I heard it again. I'd forgotten it, and I was like, oh, I remember not liking that line. Yeah, but, a little but too that's, specific. That's a, that's a very specific one that a cringe. Yeah, well, the detective. Didn't need yeah. to know that. That detective, he has a couple of those lines. Yeah. Those really kind of cheese ball lines about the the crew members and how they're dying, and he has a couple of those. I mean, it's not too much because he's only in it like twice. I think he has two scenes. Yeah, yeah. he's not but not a whole lot. You're right, he rolls out a couple of those, and they're both, uh, several of them are bad. Yeah. Anyway, that was me. That was a good movie, though. I'm happy with that one. Yeah, it was good Good to go back to. Yeah, I loved revisiting it. Yeah, so nothing else? No. Huh. I think we need the prequel leading up to the party now that we've talked it out, though. <laughs> well, it's like a honestly, I want to see it's like a can't what day three's got in store if 90% of the clientele have been killed, Yeah, including Dollar himself. <laughs> That's right. So... Where are we? Who's still there? Yeah, yeah. Is a cleaning crew in there getting getting jiggy with it, or what's going on? That's what I think we need, Adam. We need a can't hardly wait style picture about everyone getting prepared to turn up to the rager and you know who's doing what, and then you know the aftermath yeah. after everyone's dead. Who you know? Did anyone sneak away? <laughs> how did they, yeah, exactly. How did they make a sequel to this? Is my question. Yeah, you know what? I can't. Uh, rem- it was just. I can't remember. It was basically the, sequel, the same was, movie. I remember it. Done again. But I don't remember a lot it about it. Sucks badly. Yeah. The comedy version, Evil Dead 2? Like, what? I can't I, even no, think what it, it would was, be. If I remember rightly, it was basically just the same concept with a different guy. Ah, um, sounds he, horrible. He, him and his girlfriend had also been killed. I can't remember how, but, you know, and you had the likes of Iggy Pop as sort of scumbag number one. And it was really shit. Like, it was, it was such a. I mean, I went to the fucking cinemas. I should be, I should be ashamed of myself. Yeah, I'm outraged. Cinemas. Can I just? Um, You're outraged. Can I also mention? uh, (laughs) I I actually hired the Crow Wicked Prayer too. The one where Edward Furlong was the Crow and and Tara Reid was in it, and 
that was that was tragic. <laughs> oh. It was so bad. <laughs> Edward Furlong could easily be replacing the little girl in this. <laughs> same look, <laughs> same acting. Well, ability. I believe there was another one in between that had Kirsten Dunst in it. Oh wow! Yeah, Salvation. Yeah, that's right. I, I don't think that, that was much good, but it had a little bit more. It had better actors, I think, in it. Did you happen to at the very least? Did you happen to catch any of Mark DeCascos as the crow on the TV show? No, no, I didn't. Nor did I. <laughs> <laughs> I, I yeah, wish, it, I, wish it, I had seen that one. It went past me. <laughs> I don't know how. <laughs> I think it was. Me. I think it was very briefly on a kind of midnight. Showings on one of the channels in between bloody yeah. Pensacola, Wings of Gold, and Shasta yeah. McNasty. I mean, or some that's shit where like you that. were getting Renegade, followed by Pensacola, Wings of Gold, <laughs> yeah. followed by the Crow Stairway to Heaven. Correct. I mean, that was this kind of night where you'd had a, you'd just rolled in after a big night on the piss. Yeah. <laughs> you might have found yourself wishing you were still intoxicated. Yeah, turn up home from the uni bar and find that fucking stuff that Sam Raimi did. <laughs> that action show that Sam Raimi did with the girls in the future or something and think, oh, tell me what's a good good night to kind of check this out. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I missed the crow stairway to heaven. Mm. I'm disappointed. As you can hear in the inflection in my voice, I'm disappointed I missed it. <laughs> I, can, I, can, I can hear it. Exactly. Uh, similar to the disdain I could hear in your voice when you were talking about hosts. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Something like that. All right. That is The Crow. You can find us on Podomatic, iTunes and Spotify. You send us an email at thrillme at iinet.net.au. We're on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia, Podomatic at thrillme.podomatic.com. And Instagram at ThrillMePodcastAU. Make sure you rate and review on iTunes and Podomatic if you can. Keep an eye on our Facebook page for details of the next film. But until then, take it easy and we'll catch up with everyone later. Cheers. Find the podcast at Podomatic or on iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review. Like us on Facebook at Podcast Australia or contact us at ThrillMe, all one word, all lowercase, at iinet.net.au.